I don't like sand. The most beautiful thing of all. It's coarse, rough, and irritating. This brought me back together with Hayden. And it gets everywhere. Welcome everyone to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo and this week the not-so-stereotypical millennials are going to talk a whole lot of Disney, Marvel, and our Extra Life fundraising day that we had just a few days ago as of this recording. So we're going to review all of that in this jam-packed episode. This week I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power, Ian Walter, Gentlemen, haven't seen you in, in uh, about a week since we did uh, our Extra Life Day. We will talk about that in uh, just a few minutes. I also have a game code to give away as well. A lot of people uh, replied to us on Instagram and Twitter to um, get their name into the hat. I have a name to be pulled, so stay tuned for that in the next little while. We'll do it in between our two segments here. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we have lots of Disney Plus stuff to talk about. Uh, we do like to go back and talk about a whole lot of um, things that we grew up with. That's sort of the basis of the show, but we also love all this new stuff that's coming out because we're going to be talking about this and then we're also going to be talking about Eternals. So for now, Disney Plus Day was just a couple of days ago and there's a whole lot of stuff to go through. I don't think we'll be able to go through all of it. I don't even know that we want to go through all of it, but uh, mm-hmm. we're, Mike had a good idea. Let's Let's just all sort of pick one major thing that we think is going to be our favorite or got us the most excited when we saw the announcement or read the announcement. And, uh, and then we'll sort of touch on a few things here and there after that. So um, Mike, do you have one uh, off the top of your head that you are the most excited about? I do. And I really want to talk about this because <laughs> on do. my very first episode, we talked about, as we do with all of our, uh, anyone that's new to the podcast, we talk about the shows and movies that define their childhood. And if you'll remember, one of the shows I picked was X-Men, the animated series from the 90s. And what what they uh, revealed on Disney Plus Day just the other day is that X-Men 97 is coming to Disney Plus, which is a continuation of the 90s uh, animated series. So the animated, so nothing is dead in this world of nostalgia that we live in and X-Men, the animated for better series or for, worse. Making, for better or for worse. Um, and we can talk about that later. Cause I want to talk about overall thoughts on Disney plus day and their approach and sort of the content that they're making star Wars, Marvel, Pixar kind of like, is it too much or is it just the right amount? But anyways, for yeah. now, just stick with our favorites. So yeah, it's tons of Marvel stuff announced, but the one that got me most hyped, most excited it's one that I hadn't heard about before. So the other announcements, it was like brand new compared to the other announcements. Like Moon Knight was really cool with Oscar Isaac, but I had known that was coming. I had no idea that X-Men, the animated series was coming back. So that for sure, hands down, is my number one. I'll be watching that the day it comes out. If I didn't have Disney+, Plus, I would be subscribing to Disney+, Plus instantly just for that. Because like I said, it was literally one of the shows that defined my childhood. So... Um, yeah. that and the spider-man show i put them like together uh, but uh from the 90s so if that comes back i'll be like in total heaven it's all i need i'm actually um just finishing a rewatch of x-men the animated series so it's the, per- okay. the timing is perfect the oh, animated nice. series ended in ni- 1997 right. which is why this is called x-men 97 and it's not it's, it it's going that, to be a, so, yeah yeah it's going to be a direct continuation it's going to take off right where the series left off and they so and they said be... they're doing the same animation style or at least mm-hmm. an updated Stick, it's gonna be hand drawn yeah yeah updated well, the, version be, of that style the best was how they used that meme of wolverine yeah like, they used the wolverine name so yeah i'm just <laughs> That's so funny uh, so it makes my how many seasons was that worth it i think it was six or something it's actually it's a, a lot of, because yeah. um yeah. i recall i i could be wrong but it, it was like x-men 92 is when it came out right because i think uh there was a comics run where they were doing secret wars and they had the exact, like the world of X-Men 92 was part of it. Uh, yeah. Five seasons. Uh, so, so it went from 92 to 70, 76 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's quite a bit. And it gets kind of crazy. It gets crazy near the end. It gets a bit so, like, There's wild. so I much totally love for that specific, um, like alternate universe of X-Men that it carried over into the comics eventually. 
like the, well, the they same made a comic called X Men ninety two using the same art. Yeah, uh, yeah right. I read that too. So, Mike, you said much, so. because part yeah. of the announcement too is that this is about a specific type, like couple of storylines or set of storylines that they follow. It's not like like the MCU. They're sort of getting a bunch of different ideas and putting them into, you know, the Marvel universe to make these movies work. From what I understand, aren't these? Because I don't know enough about like the history of what these what these storylines are but isn't it based off of particular runs they're yep. they're getting these ideas from particular yes, runs mostly rather than... based it's just like how the spider-man cartoon was basically an adaptation of the stan lee run this cartoon was an adaptation of the most popular x-men comics mostly the chris claremont comics that's what it was and i was thinking so, of there was a name that it was mostly based on yeah yeah jim lee chris, chris claremont um so yeah <sighs> it will be it'll i don't know if it'll continue to mine that material because obviously the comics went on the comics have never stopped uh, maybe chris claremont didn't keep writing them i'm not exactly sure you know how the series ended how that lines up with the comic writing but yeah it's i they'll probably still mind comic stories and one I mean, it, it says it. that it's from the same 90s timeline so right yeah maybe they'll they'll, they'll do so yeah yeah they'll probably bore or maybe they exhaust all the stories then they'll just start telling their own stories either yeah. way it's those it's those like characters like those characters have changed and evolved throughout the years but it's how you're going to remember them from the 90s and from the, the classic like, 90s run, x-men so. yeah yeah with the co- yellow costumes and everything right so yeah that's I'm right so for that. that's, the the thing that yeah, they were but, so scared to to touch on when they originally did the x-men films right they, they wanted to that's just go black that's a leather very good point you know what i mean yeah. like it's just no more yellow spandex, but yeah, that, I I think we have that in common. You know, we both uh, enjoyed those cartoons, and I, I saw a lot of feedback where it was like, okay, great, we're gonna get this now. Let's finish the Spider-Man animated series once and for all, because that right. thing yes. got left on a cliffhanger too. So if they can pull this off, they could definitely start uh, playing around with that other stuff too. So yeah, 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 be interesting. So that that is uh, 2023. It says so we got some time for that, but. Uh, you know, unless all hell breaks loose and we find no reason to continue with Disney Plus, I assume we'll still stick around and <clears throat> that'll be something that we're all going to sort of be watching. So, um, Ian, is that was that the same was that the same one as you? Is that what you had in your list too? Or? Uh, I mean, I was really delighted to see that, but yeah. uh, I do I do tend to lean towards the live action. And I know most of the uh, news on Disney Plus Day was geared towards Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. It was nothing new, but it was nice to know that... Uh, you know, we're still we're still getting excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. There's a hunger for this character to come back. The fans have been waiting long enough, you know. Something that's extremely exciting is the return of obviously Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was really surprised overall from the Star Wars stuff. They kind of just took a back seat and it was mostly Marvel and, and Pixar and this kind of stuff. Yeah. But just uh, at least having that little uh behind the scenes look at obi-wan and knowing that you know it's going to involve vader like some of the stuff we discussed in the previous episodes uh, what we hope to see from obi-wan series um it just looks like you know ewan mcgregor and hayden christensen are back and it's like we've we've touched on this in the past it's just gonna be uh crazy to see and i'm really looking forward to it that's definitely on the top of my list yeah yeah i i, I actually you know same thing i wish there was like a little bit of a trailer for it like even if it was like really quick like the moon knight one was which was also yeah there was a one minute there was a one minute like um his little featurette thing with them concept art feature art little interview with you it wasn't nothing it wasn't nothing but but still well my whole thing is i was just surprised in general i know it's not investors day and it's not their biggest day but it's still disney plus day i thought they should have held off on releasing the book of boba fett trailer and at least have some trailer for star wars to that's right to wow just people happened. yeah yeah it was like it dropped out of nowhere and yeah people got excited but then it's like that was almost more exciting than what they had on disney plus days so but i did like the marvel feature so like other than the obi-wan series obviously moon knight is right there on the top of my list oscar isaac is a great actor yeah. and it looks like he's bringing some weird to the table but we knew it was going to be an interesting portrayal because moon knight is just a you know multiple personality type dissociative uh, personality disorder type so he's got a lot of different personalities floating around his head uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, where Oscar Isaac takes that and yeah cool. I mean, I'm more excited strictly because he he is Moon Knight like that makes me yeah. extra excited is because it's him 
Um, I think we have Ethan Hawke in there as a villain. Yeah, he's supposed to. Yeah, he's supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know too too much about it, but but yeah, he's in there too. Um, for me, it's also a live action thing, and it's not Star Wars. Like I I do, and I, I suspect that you would pick it too, Ian. But I actually think that the because this was a huge surprise to me, and it's not. I mean, okay, yes, it's it's Disney because Disney owns the world at this point. But the next Predator movie, which is a prequel is what I was excited about called Prey. One, one, because it's it's from yeah. um, the guy who did uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, who me and Mike know from way back as like a podcast host uh, from like 15 years ago, basically. Dan Trachtenberg was one of the guys that we really uh, sort of fell in love with with podcasts and everything. And now he's doing movies like this. And he was one of the guys that was in line at some point to do the Why the Last Man movie or show. I can't remember which one he was in line to do. Um, but 10 Cloverfield Lane, I absolutely love. I think it's, it's a good movie. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Such a great thriller. And um, I like the Predator movies. You know, I, I didn't watch the, the newest one and I heard it's not really worth <laughs> worth anyone's time. So I'm not no. too worried that I missed it. But uh, but I like those movies. And, and you know, it's it goes way way back which is really interesting it's going back hundreds of years or is it even thousands of years um 18th century it's going back a couple hundred years and and placing you in a a way like that that is a real that's a prequel you know it's way back so it's going to be in a context that we haven't seen before and to me that's why it's really exciting and um and and honestly, and because the guy that's directing it is made a really really good movie, I still really love Ten Cloverfield Lane. So um, this is a uh, a Hulu property, but it will be. I thought it was the Disney best Plus. of the Cloverfield Universe movies. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> of the of the three or four that yeah. they made, I actually do think it's by far the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, that that I don't know what it was. Something about that was just like maybe because it was an extra surprise, and I one hundred percent did not see that coming. Uh, well, is that's, part of it, yeah. but uh, to me, that's a great it was just title. Like, wow, that's awesome! Predator, yeah. prey, right? Prey, Predator, exactly. yeah, prey. Yeah. Way to really bring it back title. to the drawing board, right? Like, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. going back to the drawing board. Yeah, <laughs> but that sounds cool, and it, I think it's a testament to how kind of all over the place this Disney Plus Day material was. Like, I I missed that one, so I don't know like where it came across. Was it like a tweet or something? Because it's not something that I caught on. It was Disney just Plus. like a really, it's a really like simple poster. Of, right. of a lady with like i think she has like a bow and arrow or something and then you see the predator behind her and it's all foggy and stuff that's it cool there's nothing do we know who's it. cast in the lead role uh yeah i can i can i gotta find it here it's but, mostly uh, like unknowns it's mostly unknowns up and comers yeah i wonder if it's yeah. the it's not the girl from like alien versus predator right like that'd be cool if no they were trying no to it, they're not making any like direct connections to the other okay. movies it's just in the same universe and i guess they are just going way back like there's really not a lot here I'm not that familiar with the Predator movies, but like the Predator has always been around, right? And so yeah. it's just him and one of his well, it's, it, it, it's just their their whole race is like the hunter race, and they yeah. they want to come down to Earth just to prey on on human beings. The most dangerous so like the, game, so to speak. So it's like the first time they came to or, or older time they came to Earth. That sounds, exactly, that sounds and it's cool. interesting. It's, like, it's kind it of like what, what I thought of when I when I was thinking. I was like, wow, like it was already hard enough to battle the Predator in the other movies right now that you think about it and they were back 300 years roughly when this is supposed to be taking place how could they possibly have overcome predator when they don't have the technology that they have in the 20th and 21st century so to me that's exciting and that reminds me of ian you'll like this too because i know you've played this of the horizon zero dawn game kind of reminds me that's a bit of a mix of that right Mm -hmm. with technology and and you know centuries back sort of mix and i'm like wow now that that's cool like that game is is so perfect for a movie or a tv show that this could be a, a trial for that you know in a way um so yeah, that's and why, that's maybe why it'll spawn a good video game if it's good so yeah right exactly something like that so um so that was my my top one my next one is again something that we don't know anything about almost nothing and it was like a really quick mention and it's almost because it's pixar is really much like the only reason and it's not cars because those i don't enjoy those movies a whole lot but i think they uh, were all on like the bottom of our list yeah they're like all pretty pretty far down yeah um, I'll, although I think I rewatched two or three earlier this year and I'm like, oh, this is actually better 
than I thought it was. It's not great, but it's not at the bottom like I thought it was. So anyways, um, and it's the, uh, the, the middle school softball team that is yes. playing their big championship game called Win or Lose. And I just yes. love the concept. They're going to have, I think they said it's going to be six or seven episodes. Every single one is going to be a different perspective on the same week leading up mm. to the same game. Already, that's a cool concept. The fact that it's being done by Pixar, the fact that the characters they chose are, you know, the brother that the little brother in the stands that's just bored while watching the game, like things like that sort of mm -hmm. places you in a moment like that from a different perspective that you've probably been in in some way or another. And that's what Pixar does best. So that's yeah. why I'm excited about that. Unfortunately, it's not till 2023, but that's fine. That's fine. Take their time because because I love what they do. I'm gonna so. hand it to them as a studio because when you look at all the content, it's like when you when you think of just pure production quality, it's not like there's a drop in quality from big screen to to small screen. So it's yeah, it's almost unfathomable that they can budget for these series and like have yeah. all these mini series on the go. Like yeah, you know, exactly. for for Pixar to do all this animation, yeah, is pretty so impressive. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about that stuff. So. Um, and then really quickly, I don't know if there's anything else in particular that you guys yeah, want to Yeah, I wanted to talk yeah. quickly about, like, number what Ian brought up, which is, like, odd, but Star Wars and how mm -hmm. there was really nothing. To, there was that Boba Fett uh Oh, I watched that, though. I, I just, did enjoy that. I did enjoy me that. Me too, but it's basically yeah, it just a tra long trailer hyping up the show coming up. And then I'm just wondering, the like, you guys know I haven't been the biggest fan of what Disney's done with Star Wars property. But they won me over with Mandalorian. And I, I'll say Mandalorian to me is the best thing since the original trilogy. But now what they're doing with the Star Wars property is back to the stuff that I really don't like. And it's almost like well, I've talked about this for a long time on the podcast. It's my worst nightmare. It's like two series taking place on Tatooine. And <laughs> yeah. it's like it's it's like my worst nightmare. It's like they're just they can't help but go in and just continuously retcon all of those three original movies. And like there's a line like it's cool that Hayden Christian's coming back. Yes, Christian back. But it's like we have to sacrifice the original like the, the continuity or whatever of the original movies. Cause whenever Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi meet in the in the first movie, he says, like, when we met when we last met, I was just like a trainee or something like that. I was but the learner, but now I'm the master or something. Yeah. And now the fact that they meet again ruins that line it's like what point are we going to get where no line the original no, but he, he still is anymore? i still think it works <laughs> to be honest i've thought about that too but I, I, yeah. he still is technically his master when they fight in vengeance Sith. so it's it doesn't really no, break in this it. in this series in the series they're going to fight each other again so that's what breaks it that's what i'm saying but there there are other lines like in uh, return of the jedi where he goes uh obi-wan once thought as you did and then if you really think about it Revenge of the Sith is like, what do you mean? He thought that when he was leaving you to burn, leaving you for dead? Like, no, he didn't think that. There must have been time where he really pondered on it when he had time to think about it. And he, he thought, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe there is good in him. And he tries one last time and fails again. <laughs> so yeah, I don't maybe. Know, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think yeah. there's going to be more to this than just that. And whether yeah, or not you I think buy so. that, I understand. But there's like Inquisitors, you know, uh, Deborah Chow in the featurette mentioned the Jedi Hunters. So, you know, we're going to get some some more prequel era stuff, which is pretty cool. Like stuff we only saw in animation and we're going to see in live action. Yeah. I, I heard she had the best episodes of the first season of Mandalorian for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. So As I just I worry about the direction of it's always talked about when we talk about the Star Wars stuff. It's like, let's move on. Let's get rid of this. Let's get out of this time period. Let's get away from Tatooine. Yeah, let's tell us this die. is a vast universe. Let the past <laughs> die. It's this constant need of having to like go mine it for all, every cent and like retell the now tell the Obi Wan adventures. Now tell the Boba Fett adventures. Like every character from that original trilogy, and I'm just sort of. Don't want us. Don't want them to. Yeah, do I think Dave, yeah. you sort of agree with me, right? Like, there's other stories to tell. There's other stories. It's a bit universe. It doesn't make sense in context of the first movie that we were supposed to hide Luke on this no-name planet, and then it happens to be the center of every major, every series yes. on. Like, yeah, that, none of this makes. That's a sticking it, point for sure. Stops to yeah. make sense. Yeah, and I will say that. Now, maybe if we didn't have the Boba Fett series, would you feel stronger about the Obi Wan? Because 
it is it does feel like poetic justice that we get ewan mcgregor back mm-hmm. for one last ride yeah uh, that's cool but it's like it's not it's it's like a retcon it's not like when when the originals was made you know obi-wan was supposed to be just hiding there doing nothing waiting for luke but now it's like we need material it's not written to the original plan right and even in the prequels when Ewan McGregor took the character it's like he's playing obi-wan kenobi up until the point where he has to go exile himself to tatooine right and then it's like so many years later it's like there's money to be made so let's find some story to tell during this time period. Yeah. And it's just the sort of stuff that kind of is like it's not driven by the artistic side in my mind it's driven by the like content feeding side because disney bought star wars well it needs I to make think, back their billion dollar return right? i think so, that that's it may be coming from a place of wanting to make money obviously their business but once right. they have like because think about how many times they've tried okay we're going to do an obi-wan movie okay that didn't pan out i think mm-hmm. they were going to do a, a boba head boba fett movie with like james mangold that didn't pan out so they they put these ideas out there they kick them off in development but then now nowadays it feels like they're waiting for the right talent to come along to pick it up and go i can do something with this and we can make something really good so yeah maybe it comes from a place of yeah let's just all make filthy you know, get filthy rich off this but at the same time it it seems like there's potential for well, it's a known property that's good people are going to watch because you know what i mean it's like it's not a risk anyway yeah i they i have to say at the end of the thing like the Mandalorian won so much goodwill with me that I'm yeah. I'm not like gonna go into this, to this with a negative mind. It's just my, you know, I've said it before. Like, I want them to get away from this, so it's still that yeah. thing in the back of my mind. Of, like, I wish they would, but uh, Dave Filoni, like, they did such a good job with the Mandalorian that I'm willing to run this with an open mind, and I hope it's good. But just maybe after this, these last two, we can kind of get away after from these it. Last two, <laughs> yeah, maybe just keep these string me along. Maybe, no, yeah. maybe. But I think from watching the Book of Boba Fett trailer, there's one thing that kind of makes sense to me. Tatooine does seem like a melting pot for like the underworld. Like there's a lot of seedy that's things. Really, going I think on that's on really that what they're playing so off like, of for that show. Yeah. So, yeah. so if if anything, we we only ever saw that in Return of the Jedi, and this is just a way to like. Do the adventures of you know Jabba's palace and Danny yeah, Andrews or <laughs> the adventures of Tatooine? Yeah. 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 That's bring back more people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, it, it seems cool. And then the Mar- the Marvel, the Marvel stuff, where like you guys know I'm a Marvel There's zombie. So much good stuff coming out. Marvel it's, zombies, it's so like much. Marvel zombies, Marvel That's zombies, the and they're things. doing. Yeah, they're doing an adaptation of the comic book, which we yeah. talked about my what if. So I saw that, that I'm excited I, for. That's fun. That's I cool. I worry about the Marvel stuff with there being so much content. They announced that's, so much. That's she what I thought. Echo, yeah. Miss Marvel. Like I worry about Marvel. And this is this is teasing a little bit to our Eternals review. I worry about Marvel being crushed by the weight of its own continuity and not being able to to keep so many plates spinning in the future. Yeah. And I think we're already starting to see the cracks with Eternals, to be honest, and how every movie and show is now like forced to fit into the continuity. And we had this problem. Yeah, we had this problem in the comics. It's like if you read comics, you'll know that continuity can be like a killer of story. And um, I'm worried about that for the MCU. And I have been for a while because because I've started to see it in the movies. And I just want, want to like I would just say, you know, they're not listening, but I would be like, you know, I'd always put story ahead of continuity, right? Like if it's, if something is better for the story, then it doesn't have to fit perfectly into the continuity because it kind of ruins your movie. If you're, if you're trying to like, you want the um, certain, you, like you everything don't want that makes sacrifice. sense in the continuity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I, I worry about them being like way beholden much to the continuity anyways. I feel like they also have this workaround now with the multiverse and then they, yeah. now they can, that's maybe their savior where it's like, they can go tell these one-off stories that don't have to fit in the MCU. And that could be the savior. <laughs> they, yeah, figured the they, they figured out the multiverse. They figured out the multiverse like, like four movies ago or something. Yeah. And then like, Oh, thank God we got to run with this. Yeah. It's like, thank God. <laughs> Cause the continuity is getting crazy. Cause they can tell Marvel zombies and they can just be in another yeah. multiverse right so they yeah. can yeah but like maybe the movies have to start doing that you can sort of pick and choose which which universe you kind of want to follow or movies yeah. you kind of want to follow and you don't have to watch every movie for the movies to make sense they're not all referencing each other like so much and all this right so yeah maybe i do worry about it but i'm still 
I'm still I'm maybe a bit sour. But to tease ahead, did you but... feel that you needed to watch the other Marvel movies to watch Eternals and to make sense of it? No, but I feel like they referenced the other the movies so much. And the baggage of the other movies made the movie make no sense. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, I, I, I'm worried about I'm worried about the Marvel stuff just being too much. Like I, I think She Hulk is is cool. Miss Marvel is definitely something I'm still excited about. Um, but it just seems like a lot. I don't know. I mean, I don't love it as much as you guys do. I don't know that I'm necessarily gonna like. I didn't rush. I didn't rush out in any way to go see see Shang Chi. I have almost no interest seeing Eternals in general, regardless of any any reviews that are out there, whether it's from you guys or anybody else. I, I just, I don't know. I just am not as into it. And I feel like there might be a couple series here and there where I just will fall by the wayside a little bit, mm. you know? And I think they almost have to, because how the hell are you going to find the time? You know, like when yeah. the hell are you going to find the time to watch eight Marvel series and then five movies in a year off just one property. I don't know. It just seems like a lot, but no, maybe, it's, sure. maybe, maybe they'll all be, all be can't misses, you know, and that would be great too. Someone like me will go ahead and watch all of it, whatever, and keep up. But I still think that they're very aware of how large they are and they have yeah. flavors of different things for every, for different people. Sure. Like the sure. she Hulk thing is going to be like a legal kind of comedy drama set in the MCU or something like that. Like yeah. it's a different slices of kind of like oh yeah overall fans you know maybe everyone can enjoy but like there'll be little things that someone will pick up and go oh i don't have to care about everything else i can just kind of focus on this one thing yeah and then maybe it'll lead to you know them subscribing or wanting to do something well and that's and that was my my sort of my takeaway from the disney plus day uh a little bit more cynically speaking of course because we're still obviously (laughs) excited we can we can question certain things and sort of have have some doubts and stuff like that sure and that's fair it's it's not good if they just can run amok with no criticism whatsoever but i wrote down that disney plus day felt like hey this is why we're upping your subscription for 30 dollars for the next year hopefully you like what we have for you in 12 months from now yeah <laughs> yeah like, yeah that's, that's a good point that, i mean and that's like it's business it's the way it is you know and it's you know, we spent a billion on star wars a billion on yeah. fox and a billion on marvel and we need to make all the back so yeah. Yeah. yeah and they probably will and that's totally fine so yeah um yeah so we have a decent amount to to look forward it's to, okay for so. us to be a bit critical we sing the praises of marvel and star yeah, wars yeah. and disney yeah. enough on this podcast we all love it we're all gonna watch all this stuff i still love marvel i'm still gonna watch every single one of them it's just yeah. my worries kind of that i'm expressing like my worries for the future and hey they haven't proved me wrong yet so benefit of the doubt to them as well right that's and it. i hope it's all great and i'll watch it all and i've loved it all so far so i have no yeah. reason to believe i won't love it well that's forward. just it for marvel i've loved all the series that have come out and i'll be honest i'm more excited about the stuff that's kind of you know how at the end of that disney plus day feature it was like they just flashed the the sort of like the near future stuff like okay we have clips for this but we have also this other stuff coming out i'm more excited for like things like iron heart and armor wars and secret invasion and they didn't really have much on that it was just like oh and i didn't Flashes. know about the agatha house of harkness which sounds like it could be interesting that actually uh, so sounds there's more like, interesting than i thought it would be yeah yeah so i mean there's a lot of good stuff coming on that secret invasion i know that all we saw was a, a little clip of nick fury but that yeah. show is going to be bonkers right. i think so right. they can do a lot of cool stuff right Okay, so we have more Marvel to talk about, more so you guys, because I have not seen Eternals yet. So uh, we're going to take a really, really quick break. Uh, We have a little bit of extra life to go through. We're going to talk about our day really briefly and have a game to give away. And um, and then we'll uh, have you guys dig into Eternals, which you saw in the last uh, few days. So stay tuned for that. welcome back everybody thanks for uh, joining us for a disney plus talk and now on to more marvel stuff but before that as i mentioned before that we have a game to give away and we have uh i don't know i guess a little bit of a pat ourselves on the back a little bit for <laughs> extra life day and sort of reminisce about a really fun day we did a lot of um lead up towards it we uh did a lot of fun setups we had the three of us and two of our other friends rich who's been on the podcast and uh 
our buddy that we uh, uh, affectionately named Angry Tony was also with us, which we were going to do a live <laughs> recording and we just had too many games to play and it just sort of slipped between the cracks. But um, but Extra Life, uh, our, our fundraising that went to Children's Hospital, we totaled in total $2,336 US for, uh, for Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, which is we could talk about how many how much fun we had. We could talk about how great it was to be in the same place at the same time for the first time in forever. All of that stuff is great, but I mean, this is awesome. Like I said, leading up to it, this is the sort of like the culmination of what we do in the podcast. It's nice that at least it leads to something. Um, so first and foremost, thanks to everybody who participated and donated because that's really what it was all about. We're just sort of the vessels of the donations, I guess you could call it. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if you guys want to pinpoint any any particular uh, thing that we had going, but uh, but I thought you know obviously it was a lot of fun, right? Um, you guys came and hang out, hung out in my basement for twenty four hours. It was it's amazing. <laughs> I, I admire the setup. I admire everyone's commitment to uh, gaming and uh, raising money for sick kids. I thought uh, personally it was impressive like everyone you know you can go into it with a schedule you can have a game plan of what you want to play but ultimately it's just all the fun random games that popped up throughout the day and when we decided to just go off on a tear on uh rocket league that was pretty fun 11 straight wins 11 straight wins some of the people that were watching were like donating because they were so excited so yeah (laughs) yeah me and uh me and rich uh got carried away playing nhl 94 i checked the stream and we played it for two and a half hours at one point, and then we played it for an hour and fifteen minutes at another point. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. We just kept going. <laughs> so the disgusting thing about that is that means that's how much time I was playing Warzone, just like <laughs> throwing my time away on Warzone. <laughs> so, like you said, there went the schedule, right? Like, yeah, we tried our best. I, I, exactly. I think I pulled it off a little bit in the morning, which was fine. Had my coffee and roller coaster tycoon and played bad north and gave away a code for that and everything which was which was cool but uh and then and then you know we we tried to stick with it but you know i i think we played a lot of fun games that um that made sense for the group and honestly rocket league was going to be i think we had three games we had to play mike i think because of incentives or milestones right yeah yeah so dave this was our fourth year doing extra life and um personally it was my best year and thank you to all my friends and family and anyone that met online or anyone that watched the stream or met on Twitter or through the podcast uh, that donated. Uh, it got a bit crazy. Like I ate a chunk of raw cheese, which I hate cheese. <laughs> no one. I shaved, I shaved my head, which got my brother-in-law and his friends and my sister to donate like $150. So that was worth it, even though it's going to take you know, six months for my hair to grow back. It's not pretty, but <laughs> it's worth it for just in time kids. for um, next extra life day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shave it again we, next uh, year. We just stro- like last year. We set a record with like around twelve hundred, something like just that. over twelve hundred, yeah. and we beat it by like a thousand dollars American. Um, so yeah, we came up with you know it was fun trying to come up with some fun incentives. I'm glad people you know bought some of our incentives and the crazy milestones we had, like that Mario Party game. Yeah. And we we just like just give us feedback if you thought, you know, what we did was fun. You know, we had incentives to try to get um that you guys could donate and milestones that if we hit or if you donated would get us to play games and like if we lost or whoever came in last would have to donate to the other players. So some way to sort of make your donation just add up a bit more, count a bit more and get some money out of us and we came fully prepared to donate some money and um I think that was a fun little thing to do. Yeah. And we ended up giving everything we came we came prepared to donate to charity anyways. Like you said, we had someone buy a Rocket League incentive, which was if we lose, we all had to donate $5. And then, so we were like, okay, we're fully willing to donate the $5. It's a fun thing to do. We just kept winning. And we just kept going until yeah. we lost. And we won 11 in a row. That was probably the highlight of the stream because we don't consider ourselves very good at Rocket League. But no, we couldn't believe it. So, uh, yeah, I'm already thinking about what we can do next year and how we can make next year even bigger and better if it's yeah. possible to, uh, yeah. to do this year. But let's that's a year from now. For now, just enjoy the year that we had. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So thanks, everybody. Exactly. Yes. No, well, well, put, great. well put. So finally, we have um, our last game code to, to give away. It's called Kingdoms Two Crowns. I had uh, a bunch of posts put out on Instagram and, and Twitter for it. 
And uh, I'm just randomly, I, I did a, a number generator like like you did with me uh, the, uh, last week, Ian, when we had the yeah. uh, the draw for our other game for Sable. So I did the same mm-hmm. thing. And uh, the entries for this one were uh, 32 different entries, which was a lot. And the winner is on Twitter. It is at Glaurungs. I want to say that correctly. Uh, so G-L-A-U-R-U-N-G-S with an X at the end. So uh, Glowerings gave us a follow, tagged a couple friends and uh, said, thanks for the, uh, for the chance for the giveaway. And now you have one. So if you listen to the episode, yes. just uh, shoot us a DM on Twitter or Instagram and uh, I will shoot you the code. Not a problem. So that's Glowerings X at Glowerings X won the code for kingdoms, two crowns on steam. So there we go. And thanks to um, extra life Toronto who helped us get that. And raw fury, the publisher who uh, publishes the, that game and many other amazing ones uh, as well that I've really enjoyed in the past and currently a game like Sable, for example. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, they hooked us up with yeah. a few codes. So thank you. Great publisher of off and extra life Toronto guild. Thanks for everything you do. They're great. Check them out if you're local to Toronto and if you participate in extra life. So we can't thank them enough for all their support. They're great on Twitter and discord and everything. Yeah. So that's extra life. Like you said, Mike, we'll, uh, we'll be planning for the next 11 months, 11 and a half months. Um, and try to make it bigger and better. Our record now is $2,300 US, so we're going to try and top that next time. Even if we don't, doesn't matter. It's all going to the hospital, so it's all good. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Awesome. We have Eternals to talk about, or at least you guys have Eternals to talk about. I will just tee you guys up. We'll do a non-spoiler first. It is still pretty new. It's only a week and a half, two weeks out uh, right now in, in theaters and, and available. So um, first up, uh, Ian, what did you think of Eternals? overall um and i think i'll leave the sort of overall like mcu scope of how it is when you guys talk spoilers and i pop my headphones off but overall how did you feel eternals was and um and maybe how it measures up to other movies um in the last at least few years even sure that's an interesting question too because i don't even know if i've ranked it yet in the overall scheme Ah, it takes time with these movies yeah but i will say i am interested to hear about your thoughts going into it because you said yourself you're not really uh, in a rush to go see this one so i'm interested to see what you think you're going to get out of it or what what you think it's all about uh for me um you know i think they set it up nicely with the marketing i don't think the marketing is ever going to be the best in terms of like a, a diehard fan not wanting to get spoiled on anything when they go into it but i will say that it kind of paints the picture of like this is something that you're not it, used to seeing the mcu at least there are mcu it still is an mcu film and you get you get out of it what you do from most of the mcu films but it is different in the sense that it kind of takes you out of the mcu if that makes sense and it gives you kind of like an epic scale uh standalone uh like story that kind of transcends time and space it's just kind of like this really ethereal experience and I, I really dug it and I really thought the cast and the performances uh, blew me away and I was really into the density of the story there's a lot a lot going on inside of it and uh, having you know looking forward to seeing it again so I can kind of maybe pick up some of the, the things that I missed but what it, what I did get from it I dug and I was uh, yeah just looking forward to seeing it again because I was I think it's setting up like a lot of these films in, in phase early phase four and the series on Disney plus setting up sort of what we can expect from the MCU for the next 10, 20 years. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Um, Mike, I guess same couple of questions to you. Yeah, I came in. I I obviously had my rankings ready as I do to me. This is the worst MCU, either the worst or the second worst MCU movie. To me, it's the second worst. Maybe some people could have it ahead of Hulk or Thor, but to me, second worst MCU movie, just ahead of Iron Man 2, which I think is the worst. <laughs> uh, I think it's just like a, it's a rare miss for Marvel. Um, I usually love the Marvel movies. This one just didn't do it for me. From a non-spoilery point of view, like just a, from a movie going perspective, too long, too many characters you don't care about. Too much reliance on CG, especially with the bad guys. Too, too many like, um, yeah, just the very boring, bland fight scenes. Um, characters that like, 
you you don't really care about when the movie's over. And I also thought you said the performances were good. I also thought it, the performances and the acting was very very wooden, which I understand because of the twist somewhere through the movie. And so it kind of made sense, but it's like, oh man, some of the scenes that are being like are just for very cringy and being ruthlessly mocked online. And I don't like people to mock or whatever joke about online, but I can understand the hate towards the movie. It's the worst reviewed MCU movie out there. There are some things to like about the movie, and it's still MCU, so I still didn't hate <laughs> so, it. I'm more so disapp- I'm more disappointed. Yeah, I'm more disappointed than I am, um, you know, right. angry or upset. I wanted right. better from the movie. Um, I do think it suffers from having to fit into the MCU. And I'll mm. talk about in spoilers how I think it could have been improved if it was more of a standalone movie. I think it's too late to introduce, I hope it's not spoiling anything, Dave, but too late to introduce like, oh, these characters have been here all along, all through time. I think oh, no, I know that that's what movies, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think 24 that. movies into a universe is is way too late and you're but, stuck um, a lot of times yeah. going to be explaining like how they were actually here all along and it's like yeah. it doesn't make sense whatsoever. But right? I mean, if they were like actually the, heroes. So much like the time variance authority in Loki, I think it only really matters once they need to get involved. Like if there's no need for them to be in the story in the first Iron Man movie. There's no need, but if the second you start to go out in and expo- expand that universe into like the, I don't know, like, sorry, you guys still picking up? Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, like just uh, the 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 whole idea of like this idea of Genesis and it being like the MCU spin on on that type of stuff and like the the grand mm-hmm. scale of it all. You've never needed to kind of peel back and look at the bigger picture because you've been so focused on like the Avengers and what their story is and nothing outside of that really. So yes, like they, they have work cut out for them explaining like what they've been up to, but because they're doing it over thousands of years, I don't think it matters as much if that makes sense. So that's what I worry about the MCU crushing under the weight. Yeah of its own continuity because it's like you have these super strong eternal characters and it's like and it's like why then they even ask in the movie like where were you during thanos just yeah. the fact they have to ask that in the movie yeah. it's like come on it's a movie suspend your disbelief like it takes you totally out of it and then you as an audience member start thinking about it because then the explanation makes no sense and you're like yeah. well you've just you've just kind of like put this put this like what's the word plot hole or whatever Mm-hmm. that i wasn't even really thinking about now into my brain and now you're thinking about, thinking about it. <laughs> it and all your explanations are so well, stupid that it's so, so obviously ruined but, part of the movie yeah before me, you guys so. get too deep into i was it. gonna say we're about to get into spoilers but before dave talks yeah. about it, i do i do want to say this to me because of the way that we look at dc heroes versus marvel heroes and dc heroes seem to be like the whole gods among men kind of thing mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. to me was a better justice league film than both justice league and snyder cut like this was like they did a better job of portraying these beings that have ultimate power in different ways than any of those iterations of the DC films for Justice League. So not not one-to-one, and it's harder with Justice League because you have the mythology, the, the backstory that the fans care about, Batman, Superman, they all have to be done justice. Yeah. These are kind of characters nobody cares about, but I thought they did a really good job kind of giving them their own abilities and their their own story and their own arc within itself and it, it, it is a very much an ensemble film with a team up like atmosphere but they do have their own individual unique personalities which i think is cool but i want to hear from uh, dave before we get into the spoilers oh no yeah. i was just I gonna say more into it I yeah guess. before you guys dig dig too deep into it i just um i don't know i don't know anything about this i just know very very roughly like what the story and what the characters are all about. I don't know who's who. I would learn that once I watch the movie. But like you said before, Ian, and like I I mentioned and you teed up before, is that I I just, I don't know. I just, there's something about the the way that this movie is even being marketed that I'm just like, all right. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a movie that I need to go see. And it doesn't sound like it's a priority, which is fair. Like it's, this is kind of out there as even from Marvel standards, this movie. Which, so, yeah. yeah, which which Guardians was was out there. You know, there's a bunch of movies and shows even that were out there that 
may I watch and I enjoy, and maybe I'll watch this and maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe I'll be somewhere in between you guys, which is probably where I feel like I'll end up being. Um, but, but, you know, I'll get around to it. I'm not going to rush to a theater just like I didn't with Shang-Chi, but it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's just the way it is. So um, until that point though, guys, well, I, I did make my return to the theaters in IMAX and That's seeing right. in IMAX, a lot of beautiful scenes in the movie. Uh, like I said, the, the CG bad guys were, I didn't like, and the action scenes I didn't think were top tier, but the, everything else about the direction was, was really good. So yeah. IMAX was, was a cool experience. And the sound and is it shot in IMAX amazing. or was it just sort of blown up? I think so. And uh, Chloe there are, Zhao there has are scenes a reputation yeah. of doing these kind of like sprawling shots, right? With like yeah. the, the horizon and like everything. And she's like, I don't know. I thought, again, obviously very different from how Mike's feeling about the movie, but I thought she did such a good job. But I would love to see her do something like uh, there's rumors of her getting involved with Feige's Star Wars film. So, I mean, if she could do something remotely close to what she did with Eternals and Star Wars, I'd be happy with that. If she, but makes, clearly... a Star... if she makes a Star Wars movie like Nomadland, I'd watch that. Well, there you <laughs> like go. Like she did with that. <laughs> I'd watch yeah, that. <laughs> so, so there you go. Yeah, I, I would be very excited for that. Uh, but yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see where we clash on this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pop my headphones off. You guys dig into it for, for 10 minutes and uh, just shoot me a quick message when you're done and then we'll wrap things in the episode from there. Right. So my Sounds headphones good. are off and uh enjoy gents <laughs> enjoy the fist fight no i'm just kidding <laughs> oh i i i had a feeling we'd be on opposite ends i did not know this was your least favorite marvel film though. i will tell you that much above um, iron man 2 that's about it yeah above iron man 2 so iron man 2 is on your bottom yes yeah yeah iron man 2 is definitely in the bottom. where do you think it'll rank in yours and is there anything spoilery that you wanted to um, I'm, I'm, I'm more struggling with it's it's easier for me with the rankings because uh, Black Widow and Shang-Chi fall right in the middle so where I rank this compared to the more recent ones will help me rank it overall because if I like it better than Black Widow and Shang-Chi then I like it sort of in the upper half but at the same time I, I don't think it's necessarily top 10 I don't know if I could put it ahead of like Iron Man or First Avenger but I'm not putting it in the bottom either because I think it brings a lot to the table. And I, I was captivated by the story. I do see the problems with the sort of one note CGI villains, but I think that that is kind of um, done almost on purpose or they can be excused for it because of the whole Icarus plotline, which I will admit was kind of, I kind of saw that coming based on the marketing material. Um, and if I hadn't seen that coming, I, I would have enjoyed that twist a lot more. Um, yeah, but I do think that okay, all I want to these... just get one idea off my chest, which I couldn't help think when I was watching the movie. Yeah, it's like the worst way to critique a movie, which is like if they did this, I would have liked it better. But I'm gonna do do say that anyways, where it's like I think this would have wor worked much better as a movie if it didn't take place on Earth. Ooh. And I used to love the '90s Silver Surfer. Uh, mm -hmm. comic and this reminded me of a lot of those episodes where like silver surfer would like travel to a world and the world would have like this problem that he'd get entangled in and kind of like solve and it's like it would be and like i really love the idea of like the uh, celestials are embedded into worlds that have intelligent life and the eternals are there they're not actually heroes they're there no they're programmed unknowingly Oh. to program to um, make the intelligent life um, uh, like populate as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, so that's a cool idea, but I don't think that idea is makes sense with, with what happened in the movie. Do you know Great. what I mean? Like if they're actually there to just make intelligent life populate as fast as possible, why aren't they just, why isn't uh, Brian Tyree's character Brian Henry just like sharing technology as fast as he can. Why is like the slow burn approach? Why can't they get involved? Like the only reason they can't get involved is to explain why they weren't there when Thanos was there. So none of it makes well, sense. It doesn't hold. It doesn't hold together under any forms. Any, well, with any Fastos, whatsoever. Though, so. I liked Brian Terry Henry's character. I think with Fastos, it it kind of showed you that he's the more he dabbles with giving humans technology, the more he regrets it with things like Hiroshima and this kind of stuff. Like he, he knows that. Yeah. When but you learn later in the movie, that's what they actually want. They actually want humans to do war and do conflict, which is why they're not allowed to stop it. 
because that actually leads to innovation and allows the planet to have more people. So if that's the case, he should just be sharing the technology with them right away. Doesn't the celestial want to be born faster? You know what I mean? It's like all these like yeah. things that don't make sense. You can't no, I, fit it I get into that. the I get human that, race like, and the... And the thing for me the that didn't bother me about uh, being removed from the MCU is that like with all the jumping around, and I will admit it is a lot, like going back and forth and jumping the timeline, but like they, they established the fact that like they operated a certain way and then they decided to go off on their separate ways. So now they're kind of in this next phase of their existence where, yeah, when they're called upon, they'll do their program job, but like they haven't been doing their job essentially. They've just been like off on I know, their own. that bugged me so much because I love Druid and his point of view. Yeah. About how he wanted to get involved. But then when they let him go away, all he did was go to a forest and like not get involved at all. And it made no sense. But it, I think the only reason that he had to do that is to explain why he didn't show up in any of the other movies. So this is why I mean it has a serious like problem fitting into the continuity of the movies because they have to explain why they were here all along. It's possible, and but I do think that me. even though they're like like the celestials version of like AI, they're like gods among men. So like they don't necessarily like they operate on a completely other like plane of existence, like another level that like humans would not even be able to understand. And therefore it's like, this is the moment where they've been closest to getting involved in. And it's because of like, it's a direct result of Endgame. So now we're being thrust into where they matter in the human story of it all. And whether, and the whole idea of the movie is whether or not humanity is even worth saving or like, should we even like sacrifice the existence of billions of others f to save this one planet of people. Like the, the whole, the, these like really big concepts and the, the reason why everyone's calling it like heady and dense. Um, and I get that, but like, it, it does give you a lot to chew on. I'll put, put it that way. Yeah. And his character like has, like I would agree with you, but his character has that moment where he wants to get involved and he, he's like, I'm just going to do it. But then he goes off. And it just goes in the forest and doesn't get involved. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense. But like I said, okay, I just want to go back. If it was on another planet, okay, and, and it was like an Elseworld story, like a Silver Surfer type story, because we know from the Guardians of the Galaxy, there's all this other intelligent life out there. So maybe it's a planet, and maybe it's a planet of like a race where it's like people that are much better than people on Earth. Because it's like, I have a hard time believing they didn't sell me on like Earth should be saved and we shouldn't let the celestial be born. no definitely because not they explain that a celestial when a celestial is born yes the planet it's born on dies but then it creates suns that lead to billions of more lives so then they well, have that's to really just it. it's like the hubris of... and humans need to be saved yeah like why why over... do we matter right and and exactly, i think yeah. it it like it it seems to me that there's a wide uh, universe of eternals and these are the ones that are dedicated to earth there's like 10 of them right so there's like 11 or 12 characters in this movie that we should really care about at the end of the day. Um, 10 of them are Eternals. They are programmed to do one thing, and then this is the moment where they're all sort of becoming autonomous. Like they're just, they're waking up to their own potential and seeing that there's like, oh, maybe what we're designed for isn't what we need to be doing. Maybe that's not our destiny. So it's kind well, they of didn't like know what they were designed for until the movie, right? That all happened. No, in the no, movie. but that that's yeah. what prompted it all because they were just comfortable kind of like going through the motions until mm -hmm. this kind of conflict sparked it. And then now it's really the questions they're asking are the questions we are asking. It's like, are we worth saving? It's like, are they worth saving? It's like they're becoming more human, even though they're not human. Like throughout the whole but thing, they did, each one but of them they has did save. Like they, they did save. Like they they answered the question. Like they did end up saving Earth and not letting the celestial be born. Well, they made they made the so, call, right? But like now yeah, we're gonna. They see tried to their, answer. The even they're gonna have the consequences because uh, Arishim mm -hmm. came back and was like, "We're you're gonna be judged for this." Like so, even that is gonna bring further conflict along in their own little mm -hmm. uh, trajectory. But I thought even though there's. It, clearly they're setting up for there to be more involved with the Eternals and the MCU but probably just a sequel to the Eternals. I thought it was a pretty good story from start to finish even for this first go and I thought it was very uh, unique in the style of like 
okay, you know, we've had Avengers come together. There's six of them. Guardians did a good job of doing that inside of one film and not having to have other films set them up. Here there's 10, 10 individuals that all of them get a fair chunk of time to like, you know, be fleshed out. And, and I, I thought most of them, for the most part, they all did a good job. And I was really impressed with Angelina Jolie and like people like that, that you would think that would just take over but they stayed in their lane and did their, their job. So, Yeah, no, I thought it was a big detriment having 10 characters because, like, you didn't really get to... I don't really... Like I said, like, in my quick letterbox review, like, I don't really care about any of these characters if I ever see them again. But there were interesting parts of things in the movie, like the uh, Icarus turning on them. They're not really being a clear side. Like, he turns on them, but then it's, like, Kingo leaves because he also agrees with him so it's kind of like it really wants you to grapple with there's no right and wrong they're both sides right. have such good valid points it's not like a typical betrayal where it's like someone's betraying the team they're clearly in the wrong that was yeah. something cool that i was like wow like usually when someone betrays the team it's like they're instantly the bad guy but he betrayed them but he still technically they still throw a yeah. lot of like his point of view could still be right kind of thing or whatever yeah so and i thought like that family... was kind of interesting like family was a strong theme in this movie and you know that's a strong theme throughout the mcu and of course even this phase but black widow is more like found family avengers like they're all like found family guardians of the galaxy found family this is like almost like they're stuck together it's their destiny to be together and they they have to kind of figure that out and it's it does span over thousands of years so it can get kind of like confusing in that from that perspective but i think that it it did a good job of setting up like this is who they were going into the conflict. And then once the conflict happens, now they're starting to change. And each of them has their own little way of like how, navigating the, the situation. And I really liked like the whole Gilgamesh and uh, Tina storyline. Um, a lot of these took a backseat. I think Cersei got the most um, time. And then she was doing the whole like, the main character, relationship with Icarus. And then I really liked um, Jon Snow, you know, uh, Kit Harrington's uh, Dan Whitman, and I thought it was cool that he was just kind of like a bystander. But then, of course, they made him a bigger deal towards the end with the the post credits. Yeah, so. and I want to talk to you about Booker. So I'll just say, like, yeah. So that's the best of my problems with the movie. I feel like it would be easier to explain why you know we need to save Earth because, like, you could say you could have an angle if there wasn't a movie like Gardens of the Galaxy showing us that there is all this intelligent life in the universe. You could have it like we can't let the celestial be born to destroy earth because this is the first intelligent life in the universe or this is the only life that we've seen that it has compassion and love but we've seen from guardians of the galaxy there's tons of intelligent life so again i'm like right. it's 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 not working for me the script and the story fitting in to the rest of the mcu yeah. it's not working for me and i think I, i'm with you in that i don't think that like given like how we look at humanity and society in general over the last couple of years like it, it doesn't seem like we are worth saving but i think it's an interesting question to explore and maybe they it's a didn't... question but if the, they're going to answer it then they have to like show me that's the thing they have to show me why and they, they didn't in my opinion so well, they because me... because that's all what I want of them, them, do. I, want them to were, show why. I don't think any of them like i think Tina is the only one that kind of can draw on her memory like they all kind of lose their memory every time they go through this so it's like they were doing what they were programmed to do, not realizing that they were going to be sort of like just a means to an end. Like they're just trivially after the fact. So they have found humanity in living amongst, um, you know, earth, uh, you know, people for hundreds of years, whatever it is. And so now they are the ones that are like, no, like we are just as human as, 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 the ones we've been living amongst and we're going to fight to defend that. And maybe that they didn't come to that conclusion during Endgame, but I think they still kind of explained away why, why they weren't willing to interfere until now. And yeah, I think yeah, a lot of it has to do with the deviants. And I know that you didn't like the way they're portrayed, but the basic thing is, is like both of them are just tools for the celestials to do their work. And so it's like, we're we're yeah, the idea of deviance is weird it's like you have to go and kill the apex predator with the deviance so intelligent life will survive i don't think that's how like that as works, if but okay. uh, what, uh, maybe is it's part of like the 
what you were saying where they have to fight amongst each other and war breeds like innovation and this kind of stuff. So maybe it's the same idea. It's like you have deviants down there to kind of create chaos that needs to be quelled in order to like be worthy of finishing the, the task or whatever. Well, they tried I, to explain it in the movie. It just wasn't well. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see it, it again like, oh. to, to get because I think like the deviants were just like one note, like what you said, but then they did have that moment of it was it got interesting for them, but there wasn't enough time spent on it. It was like where they started to evolve and they they were doing the same thing the Eternals were trying to do and, and like um, doing that like Unimind thing where they were kind of like banding together and evolving. Um, but yeah, like, there was, it, it wasn't fleshed no, out. No, it enough. wasn't. Yeah, it was not good. There's a, but I will say we're choice. talking about. Hey, what were you gonna say? I'll say another baffling choice was not having Kingo like the best character in the final battle. And yeah. I don't know what was up with that. Some sort of scheduling thing or something. That was a baffling choice. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was just like you said, like an actual production thing, or if it was literally because they're sticking to his character of. I'm loyal to Icarus and even though I don't want to like I don't want to go against what he says I don't want to it hurt seems my like it has to, well it, like I said it's a good thing because it's like it pro- it puts more towards Icarus kind of could be right in both sides there's no really right just you're dealing in grays but it makes no sense given the ending where they made this big deal about how all of our minds have to be connected except the one character leaves so he's not there. So, like, you make a big deal about all your minds being next to one unit mind, but then the one character can completely leave. So that has to. That's a huge plot. But they needed him be... in the end, right? They needed him. He wasn't the there. To do. No, he wasn't there. But when he when he came back, though, he just came back to help her move at the end. He wasn't part of the Unimind. That's what I mean. That's like a massive plot hole of like all of our minds need to connect to have enough power. All. Not all minus one, all. But then he leaves, but yeah. it still works. So it's like there must yeah. be something reason why he wasn't there, which is not, it yeah. must not be a script reason. Anyways, there's so many baffling choices like that that took me out of the movie and had me like, this is not, this is not jiving with the 24 movie baggage that you movie kept mentioning, kept mentioning the Avengers, kept mentioning Thanos. No. And so I was just, yeah, I was not. I will say like it's hard not, not, like, not the to first draw. Act was, oof, some sort of comparison to Game of Thrones because you've got like the score, um, the same composer. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, both Jon Snow and uh, Rob Stark in there as well. And then a character named Cersei. So like there's, it's not like there's anything to do with Game of Thrones, but I will say that the style, the stylistic choices in the movie and like just the, like you said, it was, it was really long, but it was, it was slow moving. Like it took its time with the characters. And I thought that that was, something unique to the MCU because like mostly it's like the pacing in the MCU is like on like you know on firing on all cylinders mm-hmm. just moving from one I guess usually I scene like to the next more, like and this yeah. it, it's surprising though like I, I know that it's not for everyone and the fact that it is a long film and, and and Endgame doesn't feel as long by comparison it's half an hour longer but in a you know I just came off watching Dune and I know I wasn't here when you guys talk, talked about it on the podcast but both of those movies are very long and I feel like maybe you, you benefit from having read the source material. I dabbled a little bit. I haven't finished it, but I dabbled a little bit into Eternals going into this and maybe that helped me a little bit. There's a lot of material to cover. There's a lot of like like thick sort of heady uh, discussions being had during this film and I feel like, I don't know, maybe like they're both roughly the same, like two and a half, two hours and 40 minutes kind of thing. So I'm surprised that you felt this was long, but maybe Dune. Did you also feel Dune was long, or? Uh, well, yeah, I felt Dune was long, but and um, but I thought it used the time better, and I was more entertained during the mm. time. So there because was I felt like, like I yeah. I respected both of them for how they took their time with the moments and didn't kind of move. Like one of the best things I liked about Dune was how it didn't rush to the finish line and how you could have crammed. I haven't finished the book, but you probably could have crammed all that book into one film and it would have suffered because of it. And I think that this did a similar thing in that it didn't, it wasn't like rushing to get to that end moment. It was trying to like set up the characters and like why we should care about like what, what their involvement is, what their, their deal is, you know? So, but, Mm -hmm. but anyways, uh, you know, clearly opposite ends. I'm looking at probably top 12 or 13 ish. 
I'm okay. I'm wondering if it's I like, like super Eternal. high on it. But yeah, like I wonder if I like Eternals. Hey Dave. I'm wondering if I liked Eternals better than Black Widow or Shang-Chi. It's just a little too fresh. I might want to see it one more time to to make that decision. That happens with a lot of these movies. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever, which we all have had that experience with a, with a few of them. Especially movies. having watched them so Close, close together back to yeah, back. Yeah. like yeah within like, like two on months, disney plus day, i was like shang chi fired up you know what yeah, I mean? so i've seen black widow and shang chi recently in eternal so it's like it's really hard for me to just because they're so wildly different all three of them are wildly different films right and i think that's one of the most yeah. exciting things about the mcu you know love it or love it or hate it they're they're bringing a lot of different content to the front yeah yeah that's definitely where they've been going at least so all right gents um Mike, you've been talking for a while, so I'll take the reins this time and letting everybody know where they can follow us. <laughs> um, okay, so follow us on social media at Day Back In is the spot where you can find us uh, right across the board on uh, Twitch. I'm going to try, at least personally, to try and play a few more games on that. It's it's so hard to find like an actual schedule for it, but uh, I do have mornings available sometimes, which isn't the most convenient. But if you do want to follow us there and you do want to see some of our uh, really funny uh uh vods of extra life they're still up there as well i made some highlights of me and rich playing uh, nhl for a couple of hours so if you want to see a couple of uh not so great players at that game you can always check it out there that is um back in my day games on twitch and uh of course follow us uh and subscribe to us for your on your podcast feed and tell your friends and any any kind of rating helps us uh as well as always you know it's always like the sort of joke that i hear on other shows or just through people like that i they talk to at work and stuff that do similar things like this they're just like smash subscribe and like my video <laughs> <laughs> but you know it kind of works you know like that stuff kind of yeah, kind of works you know give us a give us a quick rating you can just put a period and then give us whatever star you think we deserve. And then all that stuff sort of helps us. So, um, but you know, we're on all the podcast feeds. You can find us. We've been using good pods a lot. It's something that uh, me and Mike used a few times as well, which is really cool. It's a good way to find a lot of indie podcasts like ourselves, um, which is awesome. You can sort of have like groups and you can follow each other's shows and listen on it and stuff as well. So um, yeah, just find us in a whole bunch of different places. And uh, coming up in our next episode, a little tease ahead, we're going to talk about the 20th anniversary of the GameCube because that's Ooh. coming up in the next few days as well. And uh, hopefully you'll, you'll hear us talk about that. And until that time, everyone, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Smash subscribe and like my video.